Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Some of my songs I have casually mentioned The fact that I like to drink beer This little song is more to the point Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes me feel Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. Today is September 11, 2012. We'll raise our glass to uh, that very tragic day, 9 11. Uh, we're here with uh, some very cool people from the New York City beer scene, and uh, we've got some announcements to make. Uh, for the last four years, the New York City Craft Beer Week uh, was in September, and uh, some changes have happened. Um, the founder, Josh Schaffner, has, has uh, moved on, and there's a group called the New York City Brewers Guild, which is composed of the main breweries in New York, like Brooklyn Brewery, Six Point, Chelsea, and some others, and Kelso and the Bronx Brewery. And uh, they've taken over the week, and they're calling it now New York City Beer Week. And it will move to uh, February 2013, so it'll be an annual winter event. We're really looking forward to that event in the winter in New York and uh, all the great events, including New York City's Brewers Choice. Uh, city Winery uh, But to kind of kick everything off And let people know what's going on uh, There's Freaktoberfest coming up On, uh, when is it? Is it this weekend, guys? 15th It is, uh, 15th. September 15th Saturday, September 15th So, uh, Patrick Fondouillet uh, From Smoney Nose He's one of the founders of uh, Freaktoberfest He's here with his buddies We got Tim Trainer who works for Founders How you doing? And uh, our new guy, Albert Antonucci from Greenwood, Greenwood Park, which is the location of Freaktoberfest, and he's also uh, it's a, a massive beer garden. Uh, we'll talk about all these things on, on the show tonight. But first, Patrick, let's say hello. You, you, you opened uh, Smutty Nose for us. What are we drinking? How are you? Um, my name is Pat Fondola. I'm from Smutty Nose Brewing Company, and the uh, first beer that we're drinking here is uh, called Wunderbar Pilsner. Uh, the beers that I brought today are the four beers that we're going to be sampling at Freaktoberfest this weekend on Saturday. Uh, this is a German-style Pilsner. It's a very classic German-style Pilsner. All German malt. It's got a little bit of acidulated malt in it, which has a tiny bit of lacto. Uh, and it, um, <clears throat> you know, which gives it a little sprightly finish. And it's finished with all that German, uh, or Czech okay. style. So it's the Wunderbar uh, with a V. Wunderbar. Wunderbar means wunderbar. wonderful in German. Tim, Tim Trainer, <laughs> you, you work for Founders and Union Beer. Tell us more about what you do, because I think you're a pretty good beer guy. Actually, uh, formerly of SKI Beer, but, um, you know, another great distributor uh, in the city here. Um, and what was the question? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ron is warming up. Getting I had too show. much of the, um, of the pills so far here today. The Wonderboy. Um, yeah, what, what do you think of this beer? I like it, and I could detect that little sprightliness you referred to uh, there, uh, the lacto element to that in the same way you would have from a Berliner Weiss, right? Well, not not really that okay. that sour. We're going to do... I actually brought a Berliner Weiss, so we're going to taste it in a little bit. 
it's our newest short batch. But this is a uh, this is more like a, a, a really classic like German style pilsner, and it it, uh, it the the hopping is a, is a little more floral than it is bitter to me. Um, and I think I think uh, you pick pick that up a little bit. It's a little spritzy too, like yeah, right carbonation, I think the little, effervescent, yeah, yeah right, yeah. Yeah, and Alberto, uh, so you're the owner of, <laughs> I said you wouldn't speak, but now you're the most interesting story. This guy was on Wall Street, and now he's the owner of Greenwood Park, the massive beer garden. One of the owners. And they say that they won't let strollers in anymore, So, which is actually pretty good policy if, you have, if you're serving a lot of drinks. What do you think about that? Do you think that kids and strollers should be allowed into bars and clubs and things? Personally, no, but, I mean, I guess... During the day, it's fine. I just don't agree with them being there on, on like a later, like at night. I mean, they really. I don't think kids should be in a bar like past a certain time. But. And Patrick, you're a dad. What do you think about that? I, I'm fully for the no stroller rule. In fact, I, I I actually worked before I started working for Smutty Nose. I worked at the Gate in in Park Slope in Brooklyn, which has a big outdoor space, and we always had this problem with people bringing strollers in. Um, you know, because we were open in the daytime, and we instituted the same policy. Like, you can't bring the strollers in. I mean, you have people like parking them everywhere. You couldn't walk anywhere. And I agree with Albert. Like, uh, you know, I have no problem with people bringing their kids to bars. I bring my kid there all the time, but in the daytime, you know, you don't want them running around at eight o'clock at night. But not only that, it's not the kids are to blame for it. I mean, the kids are kids, but the parents just let their kids just tear up the place. Like, they don't watch their kids. So, I mean, it's more the parents. All right. Well, Greenwood Park. You know, uh, there's so many great new places opening in New York, and I do feel that uh, the Craft Beer Week, I don't know if the Craft Beer Movement was happening and New York Craft Beer Week, they all went hand in hand, but I definitely feel like that from when New York Craft Beer Week first started in, I think it was 2009, I feel like the city's really changed. There's a lot more uh, places like yours, uh, you know, beer gardens and uh, many more new craft beer bars. Tim, what do you think? You've been doing this for a few years. Uh, do you think the craft beer week influenced uh, you know people in New York to open more craft beer bars and beer gardens? Yeah, I mean, I think that craft beer week, among you know other things, like a lot of you know, it's hard to you know pick up a, a new media magazine these days that's local uh, without you know reading an article or have, finding some article about craft beer. It, you know, by the same token. Any new restaurant that opens up, or you read, you know, that's opening up in uh, in Manhattan or Brooklyn or Queens or other areas, all kind of makes reference to the the fact that they have a great, you know, selection of craft beer or local beers or anything like that. Um, so it's kind of cool to see. I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious that there's a, like kind of a almost like a na- it seems like a nationwide movement going on towards craft beer, and that's. You know, uh, reflected in in you know dark darker corners of the world uh, like Michigan and, and Wisconsin and places like that. Well, I, again, uh, New York Craft Beer Week will be called New York City Beer Week, and it's moving to February 2013. It'll be a winter thing. So, Freaktoberfest. Yeah, Patrick, what is Freaktoberfest? It sounds like a Coney Island thing. Well, I've the, never been to it. It's it's uh, Freaktoberfest is a beer festival that we started about five years ago, and when I say we, I mean I. Uh, Myself, uh, Jeremy Cowan from he- uh, Hebrew Coney Island, um, and Mikey Palms, who uh, used to own Southpaw, which is now closed, and is uh, part owner of Public Assembly here in Williamsburg. And uh, 
my idea was a reaction to going up to a extreme beer fest up in Boston and meeting the Austin brothers for the first time. And when, when I walked in, um, they handed me a piece of paper and it said, it said the first line on top of the paper said, don't get drunk. So I was like, these guys are throwing an extreme beer fest, and they're telling me not to get drunk at their beer fest. You know, I, I paid for a hotel, I paid for a train to get to get up here. So I was like, I'm going back to Brooklyn, and I'm going to throw the Mardi Gras beer festivals. You know, and I I went down to Beercraft, and I, I discussed the idea with Ben Granger, who's uh, you know one of the owners of Beercraft, and uh, we decided that we were going to start scouting for places to to uh, to throw a beer fest in Brooklyn. And uh, as we were walking around one day looking for places, we ran into Matt Polachek from Hebrew, uh, from Schmaltz, and uh, and we were telling him our idea, and he was like, that's really great. You should use the name of our beer, Freaktoberfest. And we were like, that's an awesome idea. And then, you know, so we brought Matt and Jeremy in. This is right at the beginning, and ever since then we've been working on it. So the first one was in 2007. We did it out in Coney Island, and we put it together in about three weeks, and, uh, you know, it was, considering we did it in such a short period of time, it was a very good success. And then, you know, we started building on it. We've moved it around every year. We did the second year at Public Assembly. The third year we did at the Rock Shop over in Park Slope. And last year we did at Southpaw. This year we're moving it to Greenwood Park. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, it's going to be a great day. Wow. Well, the poster here, so it's what, freaktoberfest.com? Is that the... Where to find more information? Yeah, if you go to freetoberfest.com, that'll redirect you to uh, the, the site where you can read all about it. You can see uh, the breweries. I, I was hoping to uh, get all the breweries and beers up today before the show started, but I wound up uh, running around and working all day. Um, but as soon as the show is over, I'm going to go home and and put all the all the beers that all the breweries are bringing up. We have about 40 breweries. Uh, there's burlesque. Um, we have uh, three. It's a really pretty solid list of breweries. I mean, you, you can read off from the card. Yeah, yeah tell well, us who's coming. I I handpicked all the breweries, and actually, I think I wrote down if I can find it a list of some of the beers at least that are going to be there. But uh, yeah, um, we have these really great bands that are playing. See, uh, I, I didn't know. I always thought it was only Coney Island Schmaltz Hebrew beers. I didn't know it was a real beer fest. Oh no, 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 totally. But I mean, yeah, I'll go through the list here a little bit if I can read it. Uh, Six Point Kelso Brooklyn uh, Greenport Harbor. These are all the New York brewers that are part of the uh, New York Craft Brewers Guild that was newly formed, as you were talking about before. Um, you know, of course, Schmaltz and uh, Hebrew and Coney Island. Um, Smutty Nose, Lagunitas, Victory, Elysian, Green Flash, uh, the Bronx Brewery. I could go on and on and on. Go through the list. Come on. <laughs> You're on I, the air. I, you we... know, I'm having problems reading it, which is a problem. <laughs> it's so you tiny. want me to take over? Uh, left Hand, uh, Allagas. Let's him finish reading it. 21st finish. Amendment, <laughs> Sierra Nevada, Nebraska, uh, Dogfish Head, the brewery Dallas too. Point, Two Brothers, Stillwater, Empire, Peak. Uh, yeah, no, 
Now it's getting dicey. Anyway, I'll have this. <laughs> well, right, yeah. It's pretty good. You, you just, you just. I always thought Oktoberfest was just Coney Island Schmaltz Hebrew beers. I had no idea it was this real full, full ranging. Yeah, beer and there's festival. there's many, many more, man. Whenever you start reading off a list, you're always going to forget so many, and they're going to be like, founders, dude, why, did, dude, why didn't you mention my brewery? I can't believe you didn't talk about founders. Let's open another beer. What, what's your what's your second beer? All right, these, like I said before, these right are the here. four beers that we're going to be sampling this weekend. This is our pumpkin ale. Um, this is uh, this, believe it or not, is our fourth biggest brand in our portfolio. We sell a ton of this beer, and uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a pale ale pumpkin, which is kind of unique. I think most of them tend to tend to live in the malt realm, and this is a more hop forward beer. Um, Tell us about Smutty Nose. That's easy to drink, Smutty so, Nose. <laughs> yeah, so how long has it been around? Who found it? Smutty Nose has been around for, I think this is our 20th year, if I'm not mistaken. Peter Eggleston is the uh, owner of Smutty Nose, along with his uh, life partner, Joanne Francis. Um, and uh, they started out, Peter was a, was a high school English teacher at Sarah J. Hell here in Brooklyn in the 70s and 80s. And his sister, Janet, started a... Uh, started a brew pub in Northampton, Mass., a North, Northampton brew pub. And uh, uh, she, at some point along the line, I guess, asked him to come and help her out. So he went up there and he became the brewer for Northampton. And then a few years later, they opened the uh, Portsmouth Brewery in the middle of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And a few years after that, they placed a bid on a defunct brewery. And, you know, Peter lowballed it and wound up winning the bid for the brewery. So that's where Smutty was born. Smutty Nose is a uh, it's a it's an island off the coast of uh, New Hampshire. There's an archipelago of islands called the Isles of Shoals, and uh, which is what our our pale ale name comes from, Shoals Pale Ale. There's also Star Island, which is our our Star Island single. Um, those are islands on the chain, but Smutty Nose is one of the islands. And uh, there there are, I, I've heard a million different stories about like where the name comes from. Smutty is an old English word that means dirty. And uh, I've heard people have told me that, like, if you come in from the ocean, you see the archipelago, and there's a big island next to Smutty called Pig Island, and and it's devoid of any vegetation, but Smutty Nose has a, a bunch of vegetation, so it's the dirty nose of the seal because it looks like a seal in the water. Um, it's, it's also one other thing I know about it is it, it was a it's a it's an old pirate island. It was like a Blackbeard's island, and uh, he was uh, kind of holed up there a little bit. And uh, he was working for, uh, I believe, the um, the British Royal Navy, and he was scuttling ships for them, and then got greedy and wound up, you know, pissing them off, and they came after him, chased him down. They just recently found his uh, his uh, ship off the coast of North Carolina. But uh, yeah, we've been around for twenty years. I, you know, as I said earlier. I worked for the uh, I worked for the gate in Park Slope for twelve years, and um, I decided that I wanted to get into a uh, into a job. I, I have a three year old daughter. When she was born, I decided I wanted to get a job. So I made a list of the five my five favorite breweries that were available in our market, and Smutty Nose was actually my number one choice. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, um, wow. I I decided to go with them because that you know in my opinion they don't make a bad beer. I feel like some. I, I feel like in in some ways they're a little bit underrated, um, and uh, you know I you know I really believe in the brand. So. Well, sometimes a, a beer needs a, a good rep, and I feel like that since you've been the rep, 
It's you know, its profiles come up. I met uh, Dave. Who's the the brewer? Dave Yarrington. Yarrington. He was. He was yeah, here we a had, few weeks we had a great there. time with him. Yeah, and we all went out to dinner in uh, New York. Um, you know, so it looks like you're working hard and, and doing more for the brand. I like it. This 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 pumpkin ale is really good. It's, it's the delicious. thing about this pumpkin is really really easy to drink. You know, it's like I said before. It's got it's a top forward. What's the ABV on this? It's it's low. It's like uh, it's a little over six. Okay, Alberto at uh, Greenwood Park. You have a lot of taps. Yes. How many taps do you have? We have uh, twenty four. We have actually sixty taps, but it's twenty four different beers. So we have um, the main bar. Which has twenty four beers on the outside bar. It has twenty four taps, but only twelve beer. And then, do you like beer a lot? Yes. So, what what are some of the beers you have on right now that that you'd recommend? I gotta say, Smutty's finest IPA. Smutty's <laughs> IPA. All right, all right. Okay. Well, like to well, that's gonna be a. Segue. No, we have a lot. We have, we have a bunch. I mean, they're awesome. We're actually putting this, this Smutty Pumpkin is coming on. The beer we're gonna be trying later, the um, Founders Breakfast Stout. They'll be we'll be putting that on within the next week or so once it comes out. But we have like um, Stone. We have uh, a lot of a uh, lot of good uh, brews. All right. Think, one of hey, the, wait, we'll, we'll take a segue here. Hold on a second. Oh, uh, we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Check out goodbeerseal.com. We support a lot of uh, craft beer in New York City. We had a great event this weekend, uh, Barrels and Kegs at Rockaway Beach. Had some great breweries out there, including Founders. Tim, you're the Founders rep in New York. Uh, you're, you're really uh, working with a great brewery. So tell us, we've been talking about New York City Beer Week and Freaktoberfest coming up. Now let's talk about Founders and uh, Michigan. Founders is a uh, a great little brewery in uh, the great city of Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is on the western part of the state. Started by two college friends, uh, Mike Stevens and Dave Engbers, back in 1997. Uh, they had steady jobs, and they decided to abandon that because of their love of craft beer and start their own brewery, take out some massive loans, um, and try to make a go of it. And that was back in 97. Around 2001, they got a call up from uh, their bank, and they said, all right, guys, um, made a good go of it, but uh, if you don't come up with some more with another loan or some, some more money by uh, Monday, we're going to have to padlock your brewery and take the whole dream away. Um, and that was... Uh, during a time where they had basically been trying to do beers that were brewed uh, by the status quo, not really do anything too exciting, but do it from more of like a you know business side, more of a marketing, uh, advertising stand. Uh, I'm assuming, but uh, you know something that would be more appeal to the mainstream, and that really wasn't going anywhere. So it's at that point where they called in some favors and got some more dough, and they decided to. Um, 
do something that they felt was relatively unorthodox. So they decided to brew beers basically that they liked, you know, more interesting beers and see they tried everything else up to that point and see how that went. And it worked. And that's around 2001 when they decided to launch with their first beer that they really became known for, which is the Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale. Uh, it's 8.5% Scotch Ale brewed with uh, seven different imported Scottish malts and uh, a couple different hops to give it up to about 50 IBUs. I, l- I like a lot of the founders' beers. Uh, when did Glad. they first come to New York? First came to New York a few years ago, and they launched it with Draft, and then uh, kind of made their presence, you know, and 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 you know, a lot of great beer, you know, people, beer geeks, and people like that have been waiting for the brand to show up. So, pretty excited, and kind of made the run of the beer bars. And um, as time went on, the, their their popularity and their notoriety has increased uh, exponentially, and uh, we've had to increase the uh, production uh, commensurate with that. So it's basically, over the past four years, it's pretty much doubled every year. Um, and we expanded. We started out with a, just a 30-barrel system. That's up to about a 115-barrel system now. They still use the old system for batches and things. And uh, um, they do a lot of brewing, actually, uh, at their tap room. Now, in Grand Rapids, where the brewery is located, one of the main uh, attractions for southeastern Michiganders is the Founders Tap Room. It's actually the third most amount of draft beer sales in the entire state. So number one is the Joe Louis Arena, the Red Wings Hockey Stadium. Number two is uh, the Air- Detroit Metro Airport, which has about 60-odd restaurants to it. So they, they brew the third most amount. So that's more than Ford Field, where the Lions play. Well, are you um, from Michigan? Uh, no, I'm actually originally you sound from, like you're from Michigan. Wisconsin, but that, that Midwestern <laughs> yeah, nasal thing kind of comes through, that Fargo accent. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I still. But you're American, right? I, I, yeah, that means American. Yeah, yeah, not from up north. But uh, yeah, so that's a great attraction about Founders is if you get the chance, um, you know, we do live music at the tap room three nights a week. Uh, we've got a big beer and music festival that happens every summer called Founders Fest. It happened this last July. Um, I believe we went through about uh, 23,560 pints. Uh, of beer, so uh, and I think fifty about fifty five hundred people. So it was about average four pints per guy. So as as a rep in New York, do you get to go to Grand Rapids and visit the brewery? On I go back for quarterly, yeah, um, just to check in with headquarters. Uh, and I did go back for the festival this year. It was a great time. I, I like a lot of your beers. I'm, I'll always be out, and if I see founders like Centennial IPA or the Red Rye, I'm always happy and I'll, and I'll drink it. My favorite beer that you guys make, and which most of you haven't had. Is your harvest fresh hop ale? Oh, I'm great, nuts this time great. of year. Forget pumpkin for me. It's it's a harvest fresh hop. Yeah, I'm with and last you on year, that the founder too. the founder's fresh hop was by far the, the best, and I only got one keg. Uh, are those coming out now? Yeah, uh, they're going to be coming out sometime in October. I haven't gotten the official uh, date yet, but uh, I should be around mid October. And the reason why you only got one keg uh, is uh, pretty much because they don't make that much of it. Uh, and what we get, the liquid that we're allocated, we'd usually do in, in six stills in the past. Now we just uh, invested some money in our own keg fleet and we changed the size. So you're going to be getting a little bit more this year in that one keg, uh, which is going to be up to 30 liter kegs. All right. Uh, but the hops that we use in that beer are, I believe, Amarillo and Cascade. And that's really what you get that really juicy, resiny, kind of piney scent off that beer. 
Um, and uh, when that's fresh, those fresh hops are put right into the boil. And then also at the end, uh, during fermentation for dry hopping, you really get that nice, you know, almost weed-like aroma coming off of there. Um, and, and I'm sure that you know, adds to your enjoyment of the beer. You know, in, in New York City, I don't know if you feel this way, but a lot of people think that when you're a beer rep, you're living the dream. <laughs> How did you get involved in this? Well, um, I did my job. <laughs> kind of a little bit of uh, good luck. and uh, like, That was a pretty funny question. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Mm. Yeah, so I... I uh, you know, a lot of people ask me that question, and um, what I, I say as an answer is that there, there are a lot of opportunities now with a lot of new breweries opening up to get involved in the industry. I've actually gotten a lot of friends hired um, in the beer industry, um, whether it's sneaking them into beer festivals as pourers for SKI beer um, or, you know, just bringing them in on recommendations or from somebody else. But... Um, yeah, basically, I was in the right place at the right time. I I, I worked for SKI Beer um, in uh, Upper Manhattan for about two years, working with great accounts like George Keeley, Bronx Ale House, and uh, the Dive Bars, and then went down to the Lower West Side uh, after that, um, and then was working with the Blind Tiger and and uh, and guys like that and Rabbit Club, uh, and then I after you know. Uh, about four, three and a half, almost four years of um, you know trying to figure out foamy kegs and collecting money and things like that. All the uh, the great things you have to do as you know, part of working for a beer distributor. I um, I said okay, I did a good job for you guys. I'd love to be able to do something you know kind of evolve the position a little bit. Um, and they had just started a brand rep program at SKI. So I went to them and I, I said, you know, the only brand, the, the main brand, my number one choice, like you, Pat, with uh, Spunny Nose, was uh, was working f- with Founders. It was my favorite brewery. That's really um, cool. yeah. Founders was on my short list, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, and as soon as they came to town, I was like blown away. And at my favorite beer at the t- uh, when I first tried everything was Double Trouble. And that was, uh, that's our double IPA, one of our specialty beers. Um, and, uh, so and and I had uh, fortunately established a relationship with the national sales manager Michael Bell on his trips out to New York to do ride-alongs, and I I think I'm I'm thinking maybe it was after we did a beer dinner one night at uh, West Third Common, and I said he was trying to go home. I was like, no, I got to take you to one more place. I got to take you to the Rabbit Club because we we're in the West Village, so right around the corner. And uh, awesome place. Give a little shout out to Drew there, but uh, yeah, yeah like killer, um, you know, He's great good, little good bar on McDougal bar Street, yeah. Um, yeah, he is part of the Good Beer Seal, right? Um, and uh, we went down there, and I, I got you know Michael some you know some great sour you know beer, and we just kind of broke down. So I did the groundwork. And awesome. <laughs> We're remembered. talking about sour, Patrick. Uh, what's this beer I'm drinking right now? It's this like is a brewery. Yeah, this or is the latest uh, short batch from Funny Nose. It's called uh, Strawberry Short Vice. It's a uh, it's a Berliner Vice. It's about three and a half percent, a little bit higher than three and a half percent. German style, and you know another German style, uh, and it is uh, it has uh, lactobacillus in it, so right. it gives it a really it's it's a really tangy uh, so does sour. Your, your brewer, it, Dave Arrington's the head brewer at Smiley Nose. Dave's Dave's the guy. He's our director of brewing operations, so he's the guy that that uh, that creates all the recipes. 
and then so he he worked he worked on this special batch. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So all the small batch. What are, what are some of the other small batches that you're making? Uh, the recent ones that we had to come down, um, we had a rye IPA that just came through, um, which was a play on our finest kind IPA. Uh, basically, they took uh, they took some of the malt bill out and they replaced it with rye, and then they quadruple dry hopped it with Simcoe and Amarillos. And then uh, before that, he did a, a mushroom beer for uh, with he worked with a, a James. I heard about that beer. Wh- James what's beer a nominated beer? chef at a, a place called the Black Trumpet up in Por- Portsmouth. Uh, they used uh, black trumpet mushrooms, some of which I think were uh, like foraged by the brewers from Portsmouth and Smutty. They actually went out into the woods and foraged the mushrooms, and then uh, whatever they needed for the rest of the recipe they bought. Um, but it was a really fantastic, like uh, like imperial American porter, made with mushrooms, and it, it was it was really awesome. I had a uh, I had a growler of it. This is actually funny in my refrigerator, and and my I, my roommate works for Sierra Nevada, and he came into my room the other day, and he's like, "Dude, I took that growler out and I put it on top of the fridge, and it exploded." <laughs> and I've like, done that. I was like, "Bummer." <laughs> That's cool, you know. Whatever. What kind of flavor did the mushroom add to the beer? You know, when you when you hear the, the you hear the word mushroom, yeah. it's like uh, I'm kind of like ah, I don't know about that, but like drinking it, it was just it was absolutely fantastic. It gave it this kind of creamy, yeah. creamy earthy flavor to it, kind of similar to you know a flavor that barrel aging gives beer sometimes. You know, but not magic mushrooms. Yeah. No, he, no. Years ago, a friend That's from Poland, he brought me like a, a homemade, like, you know, homemade liquor that had been made with, you know, forest herbs. And I swear to God, there were like magic mushrooms thrown into that. Yeah, you know. Because I had a good buzz. I know, I know some people who foray into that, uh, into that realm, but... That's for another show. <laughs> oh, that's for the home distilling show <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we another guest walked in. Um, I'll just give you a little background. Maddie. Maddie Polacek. So uh, Matt is. It says the striking artwork for Coney Island Lagers is the creation of Schmalt art, art director Matt Polacek. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so for um, me. you're a graphic designer. I am. So I am. Uh, how did you ever start working with uh, with Coney Island Lagers? Well, I started working with Jeremy back in 2003. He uh, went to college with a really good friend of mine from Wisconsin. Another shout-out to Wisconsin. What's up? And uh, when he moved all his production from California to New York, he decided to uh, repackage the Genesis and Messiah into six-packs and uh, needed somebody to help him with uh, web presence and the start of what really kind of kicked Hebrew off big time, which was extreme brewing at the time. And so my first um, big design project was uh, the first Jubilation beer, um, which was uh, Miraculous Jubilation. It was uh, eighth anniversary beer, eight malts, eight hops, eight percent. And from then on, I've designed every single thing for Hebrew and Coney Island. So, man, it must be in the 30s now beers that I let me ask you I, I get confused because there's so many different identities there's Coney Island there's Schmaltz and there's Hebrew Schmaltz there's Brewing is the is the overarching brand o- overarching company and then Hebrew is one brand of craft uh, ales and then Coney Island is craft lagers so both us so there's a clean line and Hebrew <laughs> might have yeah. a stronger limited thing Hebrew has yeah Hebrew the Coney Island craft lagers were designed much more as a as sessionable beers to be you know, consumed on the boardwalk in summer, and and the Hebrew beers 
have always been way more um, creative in in a recipe and much higher in alcohol and um, a little more experimental. Although the Conans are still experimental, um, but much more sessionable than the than the Hebrew. So a lot of people know the Conan <clears throat> logos. There's some cool ones. The Sword Swallower. Where did you get the inspiration for those? Yeah, well, we uh, the first one we did was the Coney Island Lager, and that was taken from the Tilly face, you know, that's been around in Coney Island for 100 years, and just wanted to put a cool modern spin on it and make it, you know, freshen it up. And uh, then the Performer series were all based on performers at Coney Island. Heather was a sword swallower, Donnie is the human blockhead, Stephanie is the... They're real people. Thing. Yep. Wow. Yep, real people. Yep. You'll, will they you'll be see some of them at Freetover. Who will yeah, be at Freetover? Don, Donnie <laughs> Vomit, the human blockhead, is the yeah. uh, MC extraordinaire. So um, what's the human blockhead? He uh, pounds a five-inch, 30-penny nail into his face. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, drills a, <laughs> drills a big masonry <laughs> bit into his head. One, uh. Yeah, he does all kinds of tricks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Wow. Yeah. All that for 60 bucks. That's pretty yeah, good. Baby. <laughs> yeah. It's a freak toberfit. Alberto's la- Alberto, get on. You're, you're the- See, he was the guy who wasn't going to talk, but he's going to talk the most. <laughs> so, so you're hosting Freaktoberfest. Yes, we are. On Saturday. Get, get the microphone in front of you. Um, you know, tell us what preparations you're going through. You know, uh, are you turning over the entire operation? Yeah, to- turn over everything to um, uh, the guys that are running Freaktoberfest, Pat, right here. Basically, you're, you're taking over all our lines, correct? Yeah, we're gonna we're actually lines. gonna utilize all the lines and uh, so and you're gonna we'll, run through the existing draft system. Yeah, we'll, yeah, have, we're we'll have that going draft. on for some brands, and then other brands will be outside with jockey boxes. And, and then after the festival ends, we're basically gonna do a three dollar, uh, four dollar mystery beer for the rest of the night to run through all the beers that were left over from the festival, which would be pretty cool. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah it's a great idea. Instead of like announcing it, I mean, yeah. you're getting a four dollar mystery beer, and every beer is going to be a great beer. You know what we could do is get we could we could print up cards and have people like have all the beer geeks like guess what the beer is when you put it. I love that <laughs> idea. I've actually thought about doing that for a promo before, like for a founders and I do like ten lines. Nobody has any idea what the beers are. Yeah, let's see how good. No handles. Yeah, we have all the extra with all the extra beer left there. We have we have it's it's ours to get rid of. So instead of like keep changing the name, we're gonna do a four dollar mystery beer throughout the night. So that'll be fun. Just changing the beers and that's it. I mean, you're guaranteed to get a great beer. So I mean, wow, this is a wild event. So so. It's like in the afternoon. So in the evening, can we still go to Freaktoberfest and keep drinking, or we're just going to drink? Well, I mean, the idea. The, hopefully, what I we we've done this in the daytime before, and they had kind of a distinct uh, day and night thing. What I'm hoping that happens this year is that you come in, you do the party for for the five hours, and then we seamlessly move from that to the bar being open, so that. Everybody hangs out. One, one of the advantages of this place, uh, of, of doing it at Greenwood Park this year, is it's so much bigger than any of the other places we've ever done it in. You know, yeah. Usually I mean, it's, it's like so tight, and then you have a nighttime crowd coming in, and there's more people coming in. You know, right. so. So, Freaktoberfest this Saturday in New York, and, and also you guys are going to announce that the New York Craft Beer Week's moving to the winter, too, right? Isn't that part of what Jeremy's doing, Jeremy, from Schmaltz? Yeah, Mac can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with the creation of the New York City Craft Brewers Guild, um, the guild has taken over Beer Week. And so um, it used to be, uh, you know, Freaktoberfest was the kickoff for it. But um, it's such a crazy, busy time of year that we decided, uh, the guild decided that 
um, you know, February would be a much better time to to hold beer week because um, there's just you know not as it's much going it's on after then. the Super Bowl. That's the big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. After the Packers win the Super Bowl, then we'll the uh, yeah. <laughs> the what? You gotta get by the Giants. <laughs> okay, okay, let's do a quick. Okay, the Cowboys. Survey. Cowboys. <laughs> okay, if you have your favorite, think of your favorite football team. Then tell me your favorite brewery that is close to that football team. How's that? Packers, New Glarus. New Glarus. Interesting. Uh, the Giants. Uh, who's in Dallas? You gotta say <laughs> brand. Tough, man. You gotta say brewery. I can't do that. I'm you gotta do it, man. No, man no. Come on, pick uh, one. Okay, I'm gonna go with Schmaltz. Then. All right, Alberta. <laughs> I'm a Cowboy fan. I don't know. You don't know any Texas beers? No. Shiner. Yes, Shiner. Shiner? Oh, Shiner. All right, okay. <laughs> Tim, what about you? Uh, well, I got to go with the uh, Point Brewing Company out of Stevens Point, being a Packer fan. Um, and that's one of the other brands I represent here in New York City. All right, cool. <laughs> Can't give mine away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, dude, that's not good, man. Let's go. Yeah. We got? Well, I, it's uh, New England. So I would say uh, for New England these days, you know my favorite brewery? It's Wandering Star. Boo. Boo. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a Massachusetts guy. And Smutty Nose. Okay. It's not you know Smutty Nose. You're going to drink Smutty Nose at the Patriots game, guys. Yeah. yeah. You can, actually. Yeah. All right. Cool. Hey. <laughs> you know, this is. I am always privileged to be in, in a room with, with these great guys in beer. We've got Tim Trainer represents Founders. We've got Alberto from Greenwood Park. Matt, who's the, the designer behind all the crazy Coney Island and Hebrew labels. And I bet probably more things, too. You know? He's he's also, I, I have to say that Matt is one of the original like founders of this festival, the, of the Freetoberfest Festival. In fact, I, I spoke to Matt like when I, I was telling the story before about running into him on the street when uh, Ben and I were out scouting for places to the, the first one. About a week after we came up with the idea, and that's how the whole thing got started because I ran it to Matt, you know, and he was like, "Yeah, let's get together with and do this." Good one. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio, and we'll learn more about how Freaktoberfest got started. All right. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're out here at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm looking forward to having pizza. And, uh, you know, there's a really great menu out here. Uh, our, our good friend Ray Dieter, who was a co-host with me, who passed away, uh, he would always get the steak for two, which was $92. But five of us could eat it. And the sweetbreads. So, you know, hopefully you guys will get a chance to hang out. and have. We usually, when we have the show, we, we do our show. We first meet at the bar at Roberts. We have a beer. We come on the show. We all share beers. We've had some great Somalia Nose beers. We're going to try uh, some Hebrew beers and Founders. And then afterwards, we'll have dinner and hang out and drink more beers. So down for pizza. this is the best gig in town. <laughs> so we're here on Beer Sessions Radio every Tuesday, 5 o'clock. 
on Heritage Radio Network. All right, so we're talking about Freaktoberfest, the the event that uh, uh, is probably getting better every year. I think Patrick. It gets it gets the lineup more and of beer more amazing is amazing every year. Our lineup this year is uh, really really fantastic, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna post it online. As soon as the show is done, as I said earlier in the show, I wanted to try and do it before we got here today, but I, 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 I was very busy with work. So as soon as we get done, we're going to post it on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, we have the New York City chapter of Smutty Nose, so it's Smutty Nose, New York City chapter. And then I'm gonna, you know, I'll make sure that it gets on all the other sites, too. All right. So, Matt, tell us about, uh, so you've been involved with Freaktoberfest since the beginning, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was originally uh, Pat and Ben wanted to do a beer festival. And, you know, we had just, you know, we've all been to a million beer festivals. And uh, they're great. I mean, they're a great way. There's so much great craft beer. They're a great way for people to taste it. You know, it's so intimidating for a lot of people to walk in and see a wall of, you know, 200 different beers. And they probably usually gravitate towards something they've had before um, because they don't want to get something they're not going to like. So beer festivals are have always been great for that, but you know we we've done enough of them, I think, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know wanted to, wanted to do something a little different. So you know we wanted to make it more of a party with a beer festival attached to it than a beer festival um, with some entertainment going on in the background. And I think we've uh, you know over the years have really honed in on what we want to do, and uh, it's just become a blast. Last year at Southpaw was just epic. It was so. It was fun. really great. Like I come out of the music industry, and and um, and my idea originally was to do music and beer. And then when when I ran into Matt that day on the street, and he, he brought in the whole idea of doing Freetoberfest and the Coney Island thing, it just brought it to a whole nother level. Like the burlesque and everything. It's just it's such a great time. It'll be fun outside in the sunshine too. That'll be all a, right. Yeah, let's let's night. get back to beer. So we just had uh, this stronger beer. What we were it, drinking Tom? the homunculus, um, <laughs> the infamous sperm beer from Smutty Nose. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 what? That's right. I said. What did I just drink? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this beer actually has a pretty funny story behind it. It's. it's uh, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and give you the quick synopsis. So uh, it tastes a little different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dave, the very first short batch that Dave Yarrington made at Smutty Nose was called the Gnome. And uh, and I'm not sure exactly what the context was. I, I've re- I've heard the story from several several different angles, but he ran it. He, he did the he did the beer as a, a, a tribute to uh, Ashouf in Belgium because he was a huge fan. And somewhere along the line, he ran into the brewer from Ashouf, who uh, who um, I, I believe commented on the label of the finest kind because it has a gnome on it. And he he uh, thanked Dave for promoting his beer, to which Dave replied, "You get to take credit for every gnome on every label." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess it was like this, this little moment. But Dave told him that he brewed this beer as a uh, as a uh, a tribute to him, and uh, and asked him if he could use the name because they were thinking about you know putting it on a package. To which he, uh, the brewery from Ashu said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> he wasn't into it. So it's homunculus. <laughs> homunculus is a word. It's a. It's an old Latin word that actually means little people, and it refers to. Um, it refers to a time before they had microscopes. And now the the story is going to come full circle here. Uh, the The common thought of the day was that that was that sperm was actually a little person 
that came from the from the man and was put into the woman. So, so the belief was that men were entirely responsible for reproduction and women had nothing to do with it. And that's what the term homunculus means. It means little person. All right, I'm going to go out and buy that. Beer. I'll tell you. you know, it's a little, it's, it's a little, a, yeah. little, little different taste. That's a, it's an imperial Belgian IPA. It's about ten percent. It's incredibly smooth. It's, it's starting to sound like a. Uh, Sex in the City episode. Yeah, well, I mean, the the the, the sperm <laughs> references. If you look at the label, which we have in front of us, those are the faces of all of our brewers, and they're uh, in, they're basically impregnating the bottom of a bottle of beer. Yeah. Wow. You know, <laughs> and you guys pass. The, Open your minds, people. Yeah, you guys pass the label <laughs> laws. That's pretty good. All I right, thought, now. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. All right, now, Tim. Uh, Let's move quickly because the time's running out. Okay. What beer are we drinking? This is the beer we've all been waiting this for. This is the beer we've it's all been waiting for. Too. This is the uh, this is the Founders <laughs> Breakfast Stout. It's an eight point three percent oatmeal imperial stout brewed with Kona and Sumatra coffee beans, as well as uh, bittersweet dark chocolate. And I actually brought some uh, Sumatra coffee beans for us to pair with this beer, as well as some uh, green blacks. Dark chocolate made with espresso. So if you guys want to try, pass these around right. and uh, kind of enjoy these. So what, what? What do you? Why are you pairing us with with these two foods when we're drinking beer? Well, basically, I thought it might be a good pairing, uh, you know, to accompany with this beer, being that those are two components that beer is made with. And I love doing beer dinner events. Um, we're actually doing. A lot, uh, a couple of different beer brunch events this season with the breakfast stout. And our national release date for draft is September 21st, and uh, we're going to be doing an event over at uh, the uh, at uh, the farm on Adderley uh, down in the Carcelli. Chocolate. You're chewing the chocolate. Can you hear okay. That? Yeah, I can hear that. That sounds good. Um, and uh, that's a it's a bar it's a restaurant called Farm on Adderley. We're doing two seating uh, beer brunch over there uh, in October. And uh, so what, what kind of foods will you do for that? The menu is still uh, being uh, kind of envisioned by the chef. So, but I'm assuming you know. You know, uh, something sort of maybe with a with a uh, maybe some sort of uh, maybe like a you could do like a breakfast burrito with a mole sauce, something like that. You know, wow. uh, one thing for me when when I pair you know, do food and beer pairings, mm-hmm. sometimes I look for a contrast rather than the same pairing because like this is great. I just had the chocolate and the coffee bean, and yep. it's so good it almost takes over from the beer flavor. So maybe I'd have something neutral. Maybe I'd just have bread. Maybe like chocolate and bread, sure, or, uh, <laughs> right, or a little fruit or cheese. Um, food and beer pairing is interesting, and I think Tim, next time you're on, let's do it. We'll we'll, we'll get more into it. Yeah, I'd like I got a feeling you, uh, you you probably are pretty good at that. <laughs> I've done a lot of them so far, and it, yeah, there's really no wrong way to do it. Um, you know, I I think you could do more of a juxtaposition. If you have a spicy food, you have something hoppy that can accentuate the spice. Uh, if you have something malty, that can kind of diminish it a little bit and kind of coat it. Girl Scout cookies. There you go. Yeah. I've heard of that <laughs> being For done. me, it was whenever I heard about b- food and beer pairing, it was always like you'd take like a strong English barley wine and pair it with like Stilton. And then together in your mouth, you'd get like a different flavor, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you'd have like, you know, maybe a real sour goose with like a, some type of, you know, Belgian 
you know, beef stew or even a spicy dish. And again, together it would like offset the sourness, offset the, the richness. Sure. You know? I love that all those ideas. But for me, when it comes to like a stout, an imperial stout, like an oatmeal stout the way this is, or, or we do an imperial stout um, – that's a, a little bit more uh, a lot of different malts and things like that I, it's more about indulgence and I, I I would I've been known to take a founder's porter and pour it over a scoop of vanilla ice cream to ha- accentuate all those sweet you know for those more rich kind I'm of down with you but I'm actually just beers. I'm just enjoying so this is what the founders what beer again this is the Founders Breakfast Stout. The breakfast. I'm enjoying this all by itself. Okay, yeah. nice. All yeah, right. it, it's pretty good. More chocolate and coffee. So uh, September 21st, <laughs> a bunch of you will get that. I have to chime in here, man. That Imperial Stout that Founders makes is awesome. I think that's my favorite beer that you guys make. I agree. That's my yeah. favorite stout we make, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, we're a lot of people know us for our Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Um, and also the Canadian Breakfast Stout, which is the maple bourbon barrel version of uh, that beer. But uh, I, I'm totally 100% on the same page with you, Pat. The uh, the Imperial Stout is... Uh, I'll put in for the harvest, the fresh hop beer. That, well, that, that beer is great. That's what I want, right? I'm going to save one for you, Jim. All right. <laughs> one last beer. Uh, Matt, taste us on one of the Hebrews. All right. Um, we're going to taste the uh, hop mana. And uh, interestingly enough, with the IPA craze that exists, we've been around for 16 years and this is the first single IPA we've ever made. So uh, we started this um, last year. We did a few test batches, um, different recipes, and kind of got feedback from people and uh, then came upon this recipe. It's dry hopped with Cascade, Centennial, and Citra, about 6.5%, 65 IBUs. But, uh, yeah, it's gotten a lot of good, good response so far. What do you think, Patrick? Patrick, when you worked at the gate, you worked there for a long time. You know, so you've been on both sides. Um, I, w- I was there for twelve years, um, and you know, I want to give a shout out to my boy Bobby Gagnon, actually, um, who I was I was hoping would be on the show with me today, or hope hopefully on the show someday down the line because uh, he he really was like my uh, beer mentor, along with Dave Broderick and a lot of other people. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. So, do you like this IPA? Yeah, Tim, do you like it? Uh, let's see. I'm still got chocolate in the mouth here. Let me do a rinse. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm rinsing my mouth with the IPA as I go along. <clears throat> oh yeah, it's very floral. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the hops that are, we're going on here? Uh, it's dry hopped with Centennial, Cascade, and Citra. Okay. Um, it's good. It's, it's citrusy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a, a little bit of floral nose, and then that citrus uh, that citrus thing on the on the palate there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's let's pop the other one too. Yeah, I was yeah. Cur- I'm curious about that. <laughs> yeah, the other beer I brought is called uh, Reunion, and um, Terrapin has been doing this beer for a while. It's a uh, it's a fundraiser um, for um, melanoma and bone cancer research. And uh, they've done it with a few different breweries. We've done it with them uh, the past two years. Um, so it's called, this is a Reunion Ale 12. And uh, Terrapin does a batch down there. We do a batch up here. So they're slightly different if, you go, if you're somewhere like Philly where you can get both and, and do them side by side. Um, same idea, but uh, slightly different. So this is a, um, it's an imperial brown ale with um, cocoa, cinnamon, and vanilla, and a little bit of a... Hot pepper. Oh, so this is different. 
you guys do this year to year? Like, in, yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so this is a brand new. So one. it's a collaboration with the same breweries, but different. different yeah, we style do it with from Spike from from Terrapin. All right. You know, I've never had Terrapin other than uh, these collaborations. Yeah, they make good stuff, man. Have you been down there? I have not been to the. Uh, no, I've not been to the brewery, but they do um, a really nice Imperial Rye. I had that when I was down in uh, Atlanta last. They're time. they're fun guys, man. I partied with them out in California at Lagunitas one year. Cool. They're so this down. is kind of vanilla, right? It's like little vanilla. This one actually turned out um, really chocolatey. Um, last year it was a lot more hot pepper. Um, this one definitely is more on the chocolatey side. It's got a nice spice to it too. Mm-hmm. Well. Patrick, what's your favorite beer from today? I'm going to put you on the spot again. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'd have to say uh, the... Uh, God, I hate being put on the spot like this. They're all delicious. Yeah, they're all great. <laughs> Which is but, why... Uh, yeah, Smutty Pumpkin is something that I look forward to every year. I'm going to plug my own company. I really do. I mean, even before I work for them, I look for that beer. There was a point... There was a couple-year period where I would just drink that beer with every meal that I had from, like... The time it came out in in August until they ran out in like late September, you know. I love it. I love that beer. You know, it turns your homunculus orange. Homunculus. I mean, what's so cool? <laughs> That's a good word, isn't it? What's so cool though is just you know sitting here and you know we make you know fourteen beers a year. You got. I mean, everybody makes so many, and we just brought a couple. But it's amazing just to sit here and have you know just six samples and they're all wildly different and yep. super creative and super cool and that i mean that's why it's so awesome to be in this industry and if so you come fun. out on saturday you could have you know yeah. 60 of them so give us the last plug tell us about what's going on saturday one more time well okay so we have um you know we have 40 plus breweries coming um it's in a really really awesome venue we have three really fantastic bands that i wanted to talk about really quick if i can um, the, the opening band opened the show last year. They're called Green Lotus Project. Um, it's a sax-driven band, and they're really, really fun party band. We have a two-piece band um, that's a local band uh, called Courtesy Tier, and they're kind of like a White Stripes like slash uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like burning like Americana rock and roll. Uh, and then the third band is uh, is a band from Virginia called uh, LB Brass. They're a 12-piece brass and percussion band that does like a, a bunch of originals, but they also do popular tunes, sing-alongs. You got tons of beer. Greenwood Park has really great food that'll that's not included in the price, but you know, um, yeah, like what? What kind of food do they have? Uh, they, Everything. Yeah, why don't you talk about that for a second? Food, burgers, yeah. hot dogs, sausage and peppers, amazing fries, onion rings, basically a standard bar menu, great wings. Like fresh cut fries, fresh yeah. battered onion rings, all, like, pretty, all locally yeah, sourced from, solid from Brooklyn Brooklyn. It's American. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good, you know, good I'm getting American warmed up food. for the election, that's why. These <laughs> ideas about your favorite football team and your favorite beer. We're going to do an election night special uh, in November here. I think we're going to do the... I'm, I'm speaking out of turn and the producers might shut me down, but I'm going to be here election night and we're going to do a show and we're tying beer and politics and then, and then we got Donnie Vomit <laughs> and uh, the like Coney Island s- Sideshow we have Burlesque and uh, it's 60 bucks for all you can drink for 5 hours you get all the entertainment for that 60 bucks I think it's the best value in 
in awesome. the city. Best and so, and, and and one one reason it's happening again, it's a uh, New York City. What was formerly New York Craft Beer Week is being renamed New York City Beer Week, and it's moving to February. So all of the everyone's out there asking me. I'm getting emails all the time. What's going on for New York Craft Week? Well, the story is Freaktoberfest.com. It's moving to February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, and get Tim, your ticket now because we had to we had to turn a bunch of people away last year, and we don't want that to happen. And one uh, September 21st. September 21st. Well, I will it, it definitely be at Freaktoberfest this year. I will say, and I'll be pouring some stuff from founders. I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, September 21st is the nationwide uh, launch day for Breakfast Stout. Yeah. We have around. 100 launch parties that are going on around New York City, um, all over the boroughs, so um, and out on the island too, and up in Westchester County. Uh, that's the territory I cover. So, um, and Jimmy's number 43 will be one of them participating. All right, thank you. Okay, and one more uh, event coming up our friends at the Village Voice in New York City, uh, their second annual Brooklyn Poor on Saturday, October 6th. Go to goodbrewseal.com for more information. I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com who've helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. You can uh, friend us on Facebook and also follow us at, at beer underscore sessions. Thanks to Pat. Matt, I gotta make sure everybody's in the room. Tim and Alberto, but Mikey, uh, the, the guy from Southpaw, didn't make Alberto, it. Alberto, and uh, oh. thanks to everybody at Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Insley, Brio Connor, engineer Joe Galarraga, who's really awesome. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Cheers. The fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. to put my mouth in gear. This little refrain should help me explain. As a matter of fact, I like beer. My wife often frowns.